how much am I allowed to spend or how much are you allowed to spend without us having a conversation? When we only look at it that way, we fail to see the fact that we can also be more of this yin yang. Thank you for not having three serious goals too. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's important to have some fun money. Are you a six figure household, but you're struggling to build wealth? Money isn't a problem, yet you don't have a financial strategy. You and your spouse just can't seem to get aligned and it's holding you back. Welcome to Rad Money, the finance podcast for millennial married couples. We're Rebecca and Dylan. And our goal with this podcast is to help you stop arguing about money so you can start building real wealth. Because the world needs more good, wealthy people. Welcome to the Rad Money Podcast. In today's episode, we're doing something a little bit different. So yeah. in our last episode, we talked to Tim Johnson of Coupley. And like we said, we use the app a lot. And so we thought it would actually be really fun today to run through some of the financial questions and conversation starters that are actually in the app. Yep. We're just going to run through it live. We're going to run through these questions live. They're all about finances. And we're just going to share our personal views and values. And it's going to be really fun. Yeah, it's going to it's like a get to know us sort of thing, like how we view money and what, what our goals are and things like that. So you can kind of get to know us a little bit better through the process as well. Yeah. But before we dig into that, one of the things that actually even these questions say that they're supposed to be helping you with is getting aligned financially. And that is our bread and butter. Right. Helping couples get aligned financially and actually create the life that they want to build together, that's what we do. Right. We have a program that's going to help married couples build their roadmap to their first million dollars in 90 days. Over the course of this program, you're going to learn how to have financial conversations, make them easier, and start actually enjoying them. Get the roadmap to figure out what your priorities are and how to attack debt Start saving and investing money so that you can see that you're actually going to hit a million dollars and then beyond. In a way that you both feel really good about, which is so hard. Really, one of the biggest challenges that we see with every single couple is that getting aligned, making sure that you both agree on what's the top priority and what are we really going to focus on and in what order and making sure that everybody feels good about it. They understand it. They know what they need to do. So this program is going to make sure that not only do you see the way to go, but you both are on board and you're ready to execute. Yeah. So if that sounds like exactly what you and your spouse need, exactly what you've been looking for, you need someone to show you exactly what you need to do to get to that first million so that you can start to take action on it and get the results, then you need to check out the application. The link is in the show notes. Complete an application with your spouse. It's super easy. You're just going to run through, provide us with some information about where you're at, what you want to accomplish, and what your biggest hurdles are that you want to overcome. And that's it. We'll reach out to you to finish the process and get you going through this program that's absolutely going to change your life. All right. So let's dive into today's topic, which is these questions. Let's do this. Let's run through this. Are you ready? Yeah, I've got my phone here. I've got the questions got, in front of yeah, me. Yeah, I got mine too. I think yeah. I think this will be really interesting because... I mean, we've some of this stuff we've we've never even shared with anybody before, other than the two of us. So it'd be kind of interesting to just open up a little bit more financially. You know, it's like this. Yeah, is, these are the important conversations. We always say that we're not having enough financial conversations. So in a way, this is us trying to like open up that door a little bit more. We should be having these financial conversations. Yeah, it's really not just about being aligned financially, but it is like this is another level of building intimacy. 
yep. with with each other. And yeah, getting a little vulnerable with our listeners. But I don't know. I don't think it's going to be all that big yeah. of a deal. I oh. think they're fun questions. Mm-hmm. But I haven't really read ahead. I haven't premeditated anything. Oh, I, I mean, I just know this pack is here and we talked about it. I think I skimmed through the questions weeks ago. But yeah. I've, I, I've really forgotten what they're all about. Yeah. And again, guys, this this is the Coupley app. This is one of their questions packs or something like that, like their conversations. And it's just called finances. And it's supposed to help you get aligned financially. So let's talk about the first question, Dylan. Okay. Let me, I'll ask you the first question. Okay. How important is having money to you? And what do you feel is more important? Okay. So like, not only how important money is to me, but if there's anything more important. I like the qualifying question at the end of it. Yeah. I think that's really cool. I think having money is super important to me. It's not by any means the highest priority. So, you know, our marriage is way more important than money to me. Mm -hmm. Um, My faith is way more important. My family is way more important. However, money is important to me because I want to be able to provide a a life that we enjoy. I don't want that stress to affect our relationship. I don't want that to ever be a stressor. That's why we got started. Right. Yep. yep. I want to be able to give generously um, to my church, to organizations, those sorts of things. So that really is a big motivator for me. Um, And I want to be able to provide for my family. You know, my um, whenever anybody needs me financially, I would love to be in a position where I can I can help them, not enable, but, (laughs) but help them. So it's like it's not the most important thing by any means, but I just view it as such a tool to help me be the person that I want to be. Right. Because, yeah, I see that because money's connected to everything. I think when I when the first thing I thought of was The Wheel of Life by Zig Ziglar and how, um, you know, there's there's mental health, there's physical health, there's relationships, there's work, there's education, there's finances. And and it's a wheel. And every one of those, each one of those things is a spoke on the wheel and they kind of work together. Yeah. And so I just see like, yeah finances is definitely not the most important thing but when finances is not managed properly then if you don't pay enough attention to it then the wheel isn't going to ride properly but if you focus too much on it then it's like this wheel with a really long spoke that's not going to work either so yeah, you have to balance it right um so i definitely for me like how important is finances i would say that finances to me it's like it's important enough to have the security and the stability that finances provides and the world that we live in today like you have to have money so like yeah it is it's a i need to have enough money that i know that our needs are provided for and that we can do the giving that you're talking about like that's really important to me as well so i want some and a little extra yeah and then you know what's important more important you family spending time with fr- like relationships are really important i think about like all the things that there's probably a book that says oh what do people talk about on their deathbed and they wish they did more of and it's those things it's the relationships it's the people it's the experiences and so i think those are really important and does money play a role in that well yeah like if like we were just talking about today if your family comes up we're gonna rent a pontoon boat and take them around the saranac lakes and well what do you need to do that money yeah so like it would enhance the experience can we have fun and show them a good time without renting a boat yes but wouldn't it be great if we did that too yeah yeah so I think it just like how much is enough and then which it would be security and then some for me. Yeah, I think the 
other so one thing that I thought of as you were talking about like the people on their on their deathbed and what are they really like what's the most important to them etc I totally agree with that obviously but I think that on the flip side then there's people that they act like money isn't important and shouldn't be important yeah, I think and that's they BS. have like those super negative money mindsets that like money is gr- if you think if you admit that it's important then it's greedy listen you spend at least 40 hours a week focused on literally just earning money. And then the rest of your life is spending that money or stewarding that money. Yeah. So it is in everything. And so, yeah, it's super important. It's not the most like, yeah, my health is more important too. That's the other thing. Like, right. But what helps me live a healthier life? Money. Right. I get health care. I eat healthier food. I am in a cleaner environment. I all these things, right? All these things. So, yeah, yeah. Having, I just think it's really interesting. To think having about. the financial stability. I mean, we could probably do a whole hour on this one question. Having financial know. stability takes away stress, and that stress leads to your health. Health. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm just bringing it back to the Zig Ziglar thing and the Wheel of Life because it is interconnected. So just enough to make sure that it's all there, like that I can provide and give. Yes, I think it's just a really interesting question. Because, it, yeah, it just it is incredibly important, as we're saying. Um, it's not that other things aren't more important, but it is what helps you make sure that you're able to pour into those things that are important to you mm-hmm. at the level that you just probably want. So that does move it kind of up the ladder. It's, so it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Question number two. What's question number two? It is, what are three of your financial goals? Three of my financial goals. Um. So... The first one is to buy land. Yeah, I was going to say we're probably going to have some alignment here. And so that's, I'm with you there. Yeah, buying land. um, You know, like I've said in this podcast before, I'm a gardening nut. So I want land. What kind of nut do you think you'd be? What kind of nut? Well, you can grow peanuts pretty easy, but not. Well, I'm from Georgia, so I like that. Not up here. Not up here. Yeah, you love your boiled peanuts. Okay, anyway. um, But yeah, so land is my top, probably my top goal. My second goal would be to, what would be my second goal? Oh, I've, <laughs> this is kind of funny, but because we talk about like avoiding liabilities and all that sort of thing, but I want a truck. We're a one ho- car household right now. And when I buy land, I need a truck. Yeah. But what kind of truck do you want? Let's tell the people, let's tell the, let's tell the person who's listening what you really want. This is goals. You don't have to hold back. <laughs> A 1976 Bronco. <laughs> As yeah. my dream car. Um, if Oh my gosh, I love those things. That's been my favorite car since I was like 16. Um, and Broncos are, especially vintage ones, redone ones, are having a huge resurgence right now. And it's like, I started that trend, but not really in my head. But anyway, uh, yeah. yeah. So, okay. So land, I do want my Bronco. That's a really big financial goal for me. Thank you for not having serious, like three serious goals too. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's important to have some fun money. Well, but it is kind of serious, though, because like I said, we're a single car household. So, you know. Yeah. And then I guess just like I would break this out into three different things because I don't know if we'll be able to find the land that we want and the house that we want. So this would obviously go before the truck, but I want to build a house. Yeah. Okay. So land, build a house, truck. Okay. I would have lumped house and land together for my two. Like, yeah, I, I that makes one more the sense. Okay, I want to get this business to six figures a year. Yeah, I would. We're yeah. not there yet. 
yeah, getting getting this business to the point where it's it's six figures is definitely something I was thinking business related for sure. So an income goal is really important as yeah. well. Yeah, because it's been a couple of years of really working on this. And, you know, like we said in the financial independence thing, you know, we took a bit of a hit from Coast Fi and then, you know, put our financial energy towards running this business. And we funded three years of entrepreneurship. So it's like, okay, let's get that income back up so we can get back where we want to be. Right. My third goal is kind of like, I'd love to be able to afford to not think about getting a massage once a month. It's total like self-care, leisure financial goal. You know, like you're making enough money where something like that, you're like, cool, let's do it. I think that's been the challenging thing about going from being six figures back down to like living the broke entrepreneur lifestyle where you really do pull back is like, oh, but I've tasted luxury (laughs) (laughs) and now I don't have it. So I agree. That would be really nice to get back to that. I agree. All right. Next question is what is one financial habit you admire about your partner? You go first. Okay. I've been answering first. Yeah, I'll go first. I, I really admire the fact that you like to spend money and I know and I like that because I'm the opposite you know so it's hilarious because I was gonna say that I admire that you're a saver I think (laughs) I think yeah we do a good job of bouncing each other I kind of actually as I was reading that I was wondering if you would say the inverse of what I was saying but I mean I I'm just so good at like delaying the gratification and I wouldn't say like let me qualify Rebecca as a spender she's not this person who's like going crazy and shopping and spending all this money on things. But she just knows that like, if this is going to improve our lives, she's not going to hesitate to buy it. Where like, I would just say, well, we're fine for now. Like we can, we can live without that. Cause I'm just, I like to save. I don't know what it is. Maybe I need to explore that. But I like that Rebecca will, you'll help me spend some money on myself and, and do some nice things for myself. Hence, like, I think that's why one of my financial goals is I would to like to yourself. have is to treat myself because I don't do that naturally. That makes sense. Yeah. I think that I do admire that you are, you're just simple. And I mean that in the best way. Thank you. Like you're just, you're easily pleased in the sense that like you don't need much to be happy. You know, live simply. That totally encapsulates Dylan. He would be content with just, you know, a patch of grass in the sunshine and like that's a great day for Dylan. What? You know, like you're just, you're so content, and I think that that's really, uh, really cool. And I think that there's a lot of lessons to be gleaned from that uh, mentality. So even though you're not on my side of like, well, I want to make a nice home for us and plan these really nice trips or whatever it is, but at the same time, I think you've helped me tap more and more into you don't need much to be really happy. Yeah. And that's really cool. Yeah, I think I think finding a balance of the two is really a nice spot. It's like, hey, let's be grateful for what we have. Let's enjoy what's around us. But, you know, finding these opportunities and ways to enrich our life, I think it's a nice balance because I think without one, if you aren't enriching your life, then life could potentially become a drag. But if you enrich your life too much and add too much, then you might you, you end up having lifestyle creep, essentially. So it's a, the balance is important. Or you're just, yeah, you're just unhappy. I mean, you still, all, all of it is you have to have that level of intentionality. But also, like, let's zoom out. Let's have that coach brain for just a second. I think yeah. a lot of people think that because we're different, that that's somehow bad. And like, yeah, if I was like, if I was a, a shopaholic, if I had an actual spending problem, that obviously could hurt the relationship. If Dylan was a Scrooge and was nickeling and diming me like crazy and didn't let me do anything I wanted or whatever, 
obviously that would be problematic. But when we only look at it that way, we fail to see the fact that we can also be more of this yin-yang sort of complementary thing like Dylan's saying. And we can benefit each other in that Dylan might say, well, you know, maybe we don't need that just yet. And I can, you know, wait a little bit longer. I'm making a purchase. I'm like, no, I really thought about it. I do want that. Yep. You know, this is why I think we should do this. You know, so anyways, we just you can leverage each other. Exactly. And it's really cool. Well, I think I'm looking at the next question. And the next question is kind of where you're going with this is how can we get aligned if we have money disagreements? Because clearly, if we are opposites, mm-hmm. we're going to have different opinions about things. And we're going to say, you know what? One of us is going to put down a hard no occasionally. How do we how do we deal with that? Although, I mean, yeah, if you need financial boundaries, but at the same time, I, mean, I don't feel like either of us have ever really been like, no, we're not doing that. Except for the other day when I really wanted a puppy and I was almost impulsive. And I'm not impulsive, but I really wanted that white German shepherd. And I did say no. You, I mean, I guess you did. But I also knew it was a no. Like, <laughs> I knew that it was going to be a really bad choice. <laughs> but I wanted it. Well, uh, I will say this goes back to some of these earlier episodes in the uh, on this podcast where we talked about having these financial conversations we put up a bunch of rules around these conversations and we're not going to, uh, we'll never argue with the other person. If it, if it gets bad, then we need to step away. We really think, oh, I have to understand Rebecca's point of view. I can't just say no without hearing Rebecca out. I have to be able to understand where she's coming from. And that's really important. And I think that we there's a give and take in this and I neither of us are winning in this relationship. It's like, yeah, you know, it, there's we, no scorecard. Yeah, there's no scorecard. It's not like one of us gets our way 100% of the time. It's always like, who who feels a little bit more passionately about it? Maybe I'm wrong. You know, I, I, sometimes I'm just in the wrong place and I need to hear why Rebecca's saying that. And so like, we, we deal with the disagreements by having a conversation. Working to understand each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that's that's really it. In, um, if you are having that money disagreement, it's just trying to understand their point of view. And saying, just be be curious. Yeah. But yeah, definitely, I don't know the last time we got into an argument about money, so it's kind of hard, but that's because we put those parameters in place. Right. So what episode is that? We can put that in the show notes. We'll put the episode in the show notes. It's like really what it is that leads to that. But yeah, it's like judgment-free zone and all those sorts of stuff. Yeah. Exactly. I love the next question because we talk about this a lot. Um as a rule that oh, you yeah. should have as a part like, in your relationship. Good job, like, Tim. Yeah, we really like this this a lot <laughs> because this is so important. If you aren't doing this, thank you, Tim, for engaging people in this conversation, is how much am I allowed to spend or how much are you allowed to spend without us having a conversation? It's so important to have this no questions asked spending limit. It's like, let's set it up. Let's have, like, we, this is the pre-conversation. You're actually having a conversation about it technically, but you're saying you can do whatever you want with this money. Yeah, um, you're planning to be spontaneous. Yeah, right now, $100. Yeah, and like we've said before, that it's changed over time depending on where we're at, like income level-wise and things like that, or just how aggressively are we working towards one goal or another and all that sort of stuff. And then otherwise, we have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. that's just personal spending. Like That's where we're having a conversation if it's more than 100 bucks. Yeah, okay, so the next thing, what's a big-ticket item, though, that you would love to buy? I don't have an answer for this. Well, you want a Bronco. (laughs) (laughs) And Dylan wants uh, 12 prepaid massages. 
Possibly, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> possibly. Yeah, we're not. We're just not in that spending headspace right now. I well, mean, so that's kind of hard to say. I okay. If one big picture or like one big ticket item, I would love to get a canoe or a couple kayaks for all the lakes out here. Yeah, like, that would be super fun. And being able to to do some camping trips off of the lakes and ponds out in the Adirondacks. It is that season. It, yeah, that was a lot of fun. We rented a canoe last year, and then you're like, "Oh man, am I am I going to drop a couple thousand dollars on this hobby?" Because you know, yeah, because <laughs> those boat, the ones that I want, I think. Oh my gosh, we're such geared. We're terrible, but I, it's quality. This is a conversation about it, quality a, versus exactly. cheap. You know, exactly. This is I cheap get, versus thrifty. I could get. Uh, and also short-term versus long-term thought. Yeah. So if you get something that like maybe it's lower in price, but it's really clunky, it, it's not well-made, all that sort of stuff, and you probably you really want to have this kayak for like a really long time, then there's some things you need to think about. So it needs to be high quality, it needs to be made well. And then for me, I want it to be really lightweight because if you've ever picked up a canoe or a kayak over your head, it sucks. And I want to have this for a very long time. So I was already thinking like, okay, I'm seeing much older people paddling around on these lakes. I would love to be one of those people. So when I'm 60 years old, I don't want to be picking up a 45-pound canoe over my head. I want the 15-pounder thank you. Yeah. And that's, that's, a, that's also a thing about like high-end purchases is that like if you're really going to get and dabble in something, if you're going to dabble or get really into it, sometimes the, the cheap thing is also the beginner thing, and you're going to outgrow it in a year anyway. So if you think like, oh, if I were to buy the, the beginner version of this and then have to upgrade a year or two down the road, now I'm buying two things, it's almost better to buy At the moderate level, yeah, the intermediate like, level. If you, if you, well, if you're that person who, yeah, you, you know that you're going to commit the time and whatnot to really getting good at that hobby or pastime or right. whatever because like we would i would always talk about that with like mountaineering and stuff if you're just doing it once just rent it or go for the cheapest get me through it sort of thing right but if you're like no this is my personality now <laughs> you know yeah. then don't is, start at the entry level I yeah i don't start at entry level go more moderate to high end right yeah and it's worth the money because it will pay for itself because it's cheaper to just get the the right thing at the beginning than to replace it and buy multiple yeah over time it's cheaper so I said a canoe or some kayaks. I kind of just answered for you instead of Bronco. Do you have? Oh, that now that we've actually talked about it a little bit, is there just something for just for funsies? I do want to again gear again. I'm just yeah. I want a carbon bike because I, I do have an intermediate bike, and I've gotten way more into it. I've had the same bike for twelve years. Uh, you've had yours for how long? I've had it since I was 15 years old. Holy this crap, thing that's can, 20 years. Yeah, it's, next year my bike can start drinking legally. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. So pretty much if we have two pennies to rub together, uh, it's over $100. We buy gear. Uh, if it gets us outside more, that's usually what I mean, it's it is. It's a good way to spend the time. You put you, you or have the, the garden. Up- you have yeah. an upfront payment, and yeah. then the rest of it's free. You you spend a few thousand dollars on a bike, but then every time you pedal, yeah, you know it's it's almost like that price tag gets cheaper and cheaper every and it's time you go out. All quality time because we do yeah. these things all we do we do all of it together. And that's another thing too that like when it comes to the budget and the personal spending limits and stuff is like, okay, you have a hundred dollars, I have a hundred dollars, but we both really like the garden, and so there's a whole line item just for the garden because yeah, we just don't for mind, this time of year. Yeah, we don't mind spending more money and allocating dollars towards that because it's it's a hobby we both love and enjoy mm-hmm. and so it's just it's fun how you get to really customize it and make it suit you and then when you can have those co 
co-spending categories, you know? So right, it's yeah. kind of like an extension of personal spending is what I'm saying. Right. It's like you could have a dating line item and that's like going out and having dinner, getting some drinks if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Or for us, it's a garden. Or it could be like sometimes there's just adventure, you know, as yeah. like a line item we in the We used to budget. have travel and leisure. Yeah. We used to have like $1,000 a month just for travel and leisure. leisure. Yeah. Then yeah. that was separate from like, the $150 or whatever it was oh, back yeah, then yeah, for yeah. ourselves. But I'm too. just saying that that's the thing is like we would break it out so that is like $100 for you to just spend on whatever you want. It really doesn't matter. But then we also had these other categories where it was just like it was co-spending. Yeah. It was like this is something we both really want and agreed on. Anyways, I don't know. It's tangent. Yeah. Well, we're getting pretty close. There's actually, there's only one more question Great. left actually. Uh, and it's now that we've answered the above questions, how could we improve our use of money? I'm perfect. Yeah. I'm I'm a financial coach, guys. I'm perfect. Uh, Let me think about it. Let's see. How can we improve how we use money? (laughs) Okay. Um, How can I improve? How could we improve how we use our money? Yeah. I don't want to cop out and say that there's Mm -hmm. no way to improve. I don't believe that, like, you know, we're perfect. I don't know, dog, though. Like... We're really in a good spot. We are, we are in we, a good spot. We did the work to get here. Yeah. Like, so I don't feel bad bragging about it. No. Just increase that income. Yeah, how we're just we... trying to build this business. But, but not that's... how we use it. I think the way we use money is fine. I th- Yeah. We align our, we align how we use our money with our values. Uh-huh. We're very consistent. Yeah. I mean, it's just like as income increases, then we get to, to do some more fun stuff. We'll buy, we'll buy the land and the property. We'll give more. You know, all those things will come, but it's not like, how am I using it? There's no, I don't see an improvement currently. Yeah. I would say just like a slight change of the question is like what I know that I've learned so much in the past four years about managing money and building wealth and things like that, that once we do get this business consistently at that six figure mark and stuff, I know that I will use money differently than I did the last time I was earning that much. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I will make better, more strategic decisions than I did four years ago, which is like the goal, right? You want to grow and improve yes. and, and be wiser. So I think it's just like knowing how to invest that large of an income more strategically and make it work faster and knowing all the loopholes that I know and all the tax things that I know now, and like all of those things will actually come into play more once the income's back up. Yeah. So... I'll just be smarter. I'll just keep applying all the things that I've learned. That's great. I, I, I'm i right there with you, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's it. I like this. This is good. Yeah. I thought that was really fun and super easy content. <laughs> yeah. And, but, you know, like taking these questions, you know, we'll list them out at the bottom of this episode as as, as a timestamps, but use it as a guide for your own financial conversations. Or better yet. Download Coupley. Yeah, get the Coupley app. This was a lot of fun. I'm I'm glad that we decided to just use this app to ha- talk about finances and share a little bit about ourselves with you listening. Yeah, I think it's really fun just getting to know us, getting to know our values and where we're at. But these questions are, are really great. I mean, seal of approval, Tim. We absolutely love Coupley. This conversation in particular, it was fun to run through it, but we do know each other so, so well that I could have totally guessed Dylan's answers. Yep. But it has asked us questions that I'm like, oh, I actually don't really know what you think about that. So it's it's a great tool to continue to build that intimacy within your relationship. Yes. Yeah, so this 
came from the financial conversation pack, but there's a lot of different conversation packs throughout the apps on all sorts of topics. And it just, it's great because you get to dive in deep, ask what, five, six, seven questions to your partner and learn a little bit about them. Yeah. And you don't have to do them all at the same time, obviously too. So if you thought that these questions were really great, you want to have these sorts of conversations and other ones about building trust and learning more about each other, et cetera. Highly recommend you download Couply. There's a link in our show notes to where you'll get 30% off of an annual membership. Yes. it's we're, Honestly, it's worth it full price. But this 30% deal that Tim has hooked us up with it makes it even better. And you won't regret it. You just won't regret it. Yeah. So check it out. Put it in the budget. But you should be able to afford it. But you should be able to afford it. <laughs> yeah. But make the room in the budget. Go for the 30% off. And enjoy. Make a small investment in your relationship. A small investment. Cheaper than therapy. <laughs> it sure is. But also, uh, we are not responsible for any arguments. <laughs> we cannot be held liable. Should we uh should we dip now that we've said all this? <laughs> all right. Thanks so much for listening. That's it for this episode. If you like this content, enjoy just getting to know us. We'd love to hear about it, letting us know what you like, what you don't. And until next time, I'm Rebecca. I'm Dylan. And we're we're Rad Rad Coaches. Coaches.